Lucky Land slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Previously on Rabbit and Red Radio. Hey, guys. I uh, figured uh, make this a weekly thing everybody should jump in on is ask both John and Mike some questions that they can answer on the next Rabbit and Red. So uh, question for John first. John, what movie have you watched so far this year that you would recommend everybody to see? Whatever movie. It doesn't matter what genre. Uh, question number two is for you, Mike Jay. How does it feel to be a huge waste of shit on society that you've been sitting in front of a mic for close to eight years and you still suck at? Uh, what's that like? Just to just drain any energy, any momentum out of the show that could have with you being on there. Can't wait to hear the answers back. Huge fan. Ugh. And now. trick-or-treating, parking, getting high. I have the feeling that you're way off on this. You have the wrong feeling. Well, you're not doing very much to prove me wrong. What more do you need? Well, it's going to take more than fancy talk to keep me up all night crawling around these bushes. I, I, I watched him for 15 years, sitting in a room, staring at a wall, not seeing the wall, looking past the wall, looking at this night in humanly patient. Waiting for some secret, silent alarm to trigger him off. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either ignore it or you can help me to stop it. Welcome Whoa! to Rabbit and Red Radio. 
And by the way, that Halloween 4 thing that you sent me earlier today. Oh, that poster? It's with, fucking cool, isn't it? Was that Instagram again? Yes. How the fuck do those people make this shit? They're talented like I am. You yeah, wouldn't but understand it's, but it. It's bandages. Why do they do that? It's so scary. Uh, because in all honesty, I am one of those people that believe that he shouldn't have gotten the mask, that he should have just worn the bandages throughout that entire film. Do you know that if that would happen, that is probably the one Halloween movie that I would never be able to watch? I, It's amazing. I, I think it should have went that way. It would have been cool. It would have been original. He could have always picked up the mask in part five. Uh, yeah, but again, how... I know it scares you. It really does. Like, how can somebody walk around with just the bandages on like that? Like, they just look so, so white <laughs> and, 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 and scary. And it, it's just, it's, 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 I, I can't even describe it. It's just the fucking freakiest thing I've ever seen. Now I'm flashing back to all these instances of bandages in my brain. And it's just scary. I can't do it. Well, you're welcome. But before we really... Before I think about it, does this mean that when he got the mask in the store, did he have the bandages on under the mask, or did he unwrap the bandages and put the mask on? I would assume he took the bandages off. Okay, but... Okay. So my question to you is, when he was in the store... And he got the mask. When he picked up the mask, did he have the bandages off at that time already? No. Okay. So, okay. So you're telling me that... When no, yeah. Was... Actually, I, I believe he would have because he just throws the mask straight on. So, yeah. Right. I would say that he is uh, just walking around like a burned husk at that point. Okay. So, when do you think... He took the bandages off. Um, probably when he got to Haddonfield. Okay, so you're saying that he drove the tow yep. truck with the bandages on. Yes. And, okay, so then that picture that you sent me with him in the tow truck with the bandages could have technically been deleted footage of the movie with, you know, maybe... They got a shot of him stopped at a truck stop. Uh, it was just bandages. a behind-the-scenes photo, probably, of him pulling out. Okay, but... <laughs> There's not any deleted scenes, Mike. Move but, on. See, it could be there, because, I mean, they had to shoot some footage of him. Now, do you think that he took the bandages off and, like, threw them out? Like, in, on the highway? Or do you think he threw them in the weeds? Or, like, what do you think he did? I never put any thought into it. But, since you're asking so many questions, Mike, let's actually get to a little bit of the feedback that we got. Let's start things off with a little bit of Ask the Rabbit. Ask the Rabbit? Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Anyway, uh, Vince, huh. the Jesus former Christ. host, was so kind to ask us some questions. Well, you now, heard we both it at the got, beginning of the program. Right. We yeah. both got specific questions. Um, you addressed I was first. Asked first. You're, you're, you're well, I was asked first, so okay. I'll go first. Yes, you're He asked me, um, the best movie I watched this year, 
Uh, now I, I'm gonna go with two because technically I feel like it should be came out this year. I, I don't know technicalities, but the best that I've seen this year. I'll tell you if it's a 2018 movie. Go ahead. Well, I don't I don't need you to specify because I have to. Anyway, um, the best movie that I watched this year yeah. is Blade Runner 2049. That's a 2017 film. I, I know, but I watched it this year. doesn't matter. It's still 2017, so it's the best of the last year. Absolutely amazing. I think everyone should see that. Yes. If you haven't, I don't know why. It is a great film. Really, um, I want to see it. Now, if you're specifically asking for this year, Vince, that came out this year, the best that I've seen is actually Ready Player One. Highly enjoyed it. Great film. Ready Player uh, One was actually shot in 2017, so it is a 2017 film. No, that's how most films work, Mike. That's they, that's yeah. Well, that means that it was made in 2017, so it is a 2017 film. No, that's not what it means. Anyway, yes, so Mike, uh, let's get to his question for you. Yeah. What does it feel like to be well a piece of shit that drags down every single show that you're on? Well, um, okay. Two-part question, two-part answer. Um, what does it feel like to be a piece of shit? I gotta tell you, most days it feels pretty damn good. Um, it's pretty uplifting. You know, I like to bring my um, piece of shittery into um, the public life. You know, the public life. I think um, people enjoy the fact that I'm a piece of shit. Um, yes. Um, there are a few people who shall remain nameless that I'm sure really think that I'm a piece of shit and, uh, you know, would stand by, um, Vince's statement. Uh, also, okay, so drag every show down that I'm on. Let's see. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. That, that I'm not arguing that at all. Um, and this is coming from me and a question from Vince, and we both worked with you, so. Yes. Yeah, you are a piece of shit that drags down every single show. I, I, I am. And see, I wonder if Vince could drive his car with bandages. Let's see if we could get bandages on his face. Um, all right, all right let's, hold let's on, just, wait, wait. I want to yeah, ask let's Vince move a question. I want to ask Vince a question. Okay, Vince. So here's what's going to happen. How do you feel? Okay, being somebody who can drive a car with bandages on your face. How does that feel? Wow, that is the stupidest fucking question ever. Anyway, I want so his response. If you thank you are out there listening to this yes. and would like to play along, by all means, hit us up with a question on Facebook, Twitter, or email us. I guess that that's Send a thing. A clever People video. Do. I enjoy clever videos. That's fun. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, hit us up. Um. And. Uh, as towards things that I did watch, I did check out A Quiet Place as well. I made it a, a double feature day, and uh, I watched Ready Player One and then followed that up with A Quiet Place. So you're saying Ready Player One is better than A Quiet Place? Absolutely. Hands down. Okay. But, um, um, well, I think wait, a lot of people are over-hyping A Quiet Place. I've heard people say it's the best film, period, they've yeah. seen this year. Mm -hmm. Um it wasn't even the best film I saw yesterday, so... Ooh, 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 that's them, them's fighting words. Um, I, I, I think people are just getting caught up in it. Uh, it is original, the, the, the idea is original. Um, 
I thought it was well done. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. I wasn't blown away by it. I wasn't scared at all. In fact, I was sitting there kind of hoping things would go differently. I, I kind of hoped, like, there would be some bite to this. You know, it's a supposed horror film. I was really hoping they would just really go for it, and they never really did. And it could have been flushed out so much better story-wise. Not really better. I mean, the story that we got was great. However, the overall subject matter could have been flushed out better and that ending I didn't like it I didn't like it at all it, it could have been better um, question for you though so well you're watching the movie and basically everything has to be quiet um, I actually heard that um, they, they say that this um, gives um, you know it's kind of like in support of the deaf community because of you know having to be silent and all that stuff but, like, did you find yourself while you were watching this movie? Okay? Like, did you ever, like, want to, like, um, like, maybe, like, bang on the, um, armrest or bang your foot on the floor and fucking make a noise so the people would die on the screen? Uh, no, I'm not retarded, Mike. Um, no, it was, uh, it was a packed theater and I was actually surprised for how many people there were, how quiet it was. Like, really, the only thing I heard throughout it yeah. was the uh, the one uh, guy in front of me snoring. He fell so. asleep? Yes. What a fucking piece of shit. Um, yeah. That, that should also Did speak you... a little bit. Well, it's quiet, so of course people are going to fall asleep because it's quiet. Um, I, I thought that was that that that's the whole premise of it, and I, I like that. Mm -hmm. But then again, I, I'm kind of wondering afterwards if I didn't relate to them so much because I couldn't hear them. Like I couldn't really identify with them all that much because it's just sign language. I, I don't know if that played a factor at all for me because um, I got the dynamics and everything. I can't really say that I gave that much of fuck mm -hmm. about any of them. And I, I was never scared. I, I really wanted this, like, halfway through, entering the third act area, I really wanted this just to gut punch the audience. Yeah. And it, it it just didn't oh, do it. yeah. Like, the one character comes running in, and there's blood everywhere. And in the back of my head, I'm like, nope, they're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. But there's a part of me that's just like, God, it would be fucking awesome if they did that, and how it would just change the entire dynamic. But... Did you no. ever see the creatures? Yes. Are they scary? Uh, it's a cool design. I okay, wouldn't let say me, they were scary. Okay, well, let me, because you know how I am with me. Do you think they would scare me? Um, no. Are you sure about that? Can you watch werewolf films? Um, yes. I'm not saying this is hairy. I'm just saying it's a basic creature. I mean... Uh, yes, I can watch, like, Silver Bullet and shit. Yeah, I can watch that. Yeah, if a basic creature like that doesn't scare you, this shouldn't scare you. Okay, did you see Feast? Um, no, I did not. Oh, I was gonna say, if that didn't scare you, uh, -huh. uh the exact same thing with longer forearms and darker skin shouldn't scare you. Okay. <laughs> also, by the way, um, almost the exact same movie, but better. Mm -hmm. 
signs? Um, <clears throat> signs I did kind of enjoy. Just going to put that out there. So it is like a signs ripoff is what you're saying. I'm no. It, uh, you know, when no. we were talking before the show, you made it seem like you actually enjoyed this quite a bit. Now I'm starting to think you actually hated it. I didn't hate it. It's 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 a passable film. It's decent. I'm not going to go out of my way and tell everyone they need to see it. If you have the desire to see it, by all means. I'm not saying it's a piece of shit. I'm saying that I wasn't blown away. I think it's overhyped. Mm-hmm. It could have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are really enjoying it. Maybe you're one of those people that can connect on it with some level and really get into it. But it was okay. It was decent. Three out of five, man. It's a it's a solid pass. Eh. I don't know. Am I going to buy it? No, probably not. That's all right. I'll make sure you get it in some way, shape, or form. <clears throat> I would get the 4K myself. Yeah, I, I, I don't care that much about it. <clears throat> well, see, that's the difference. I get everything on 4K that, you know, has the option. Like that, that, um, do you hear that movie, uh, The Commuter that Liam Neeson did? Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I got that coming on 4K. <laughs> Oh, fuck. <clears throat> Gave me the option, so I had to get it for the, you know, in the best format possible. All right. Well, Mike, yeah. we said we were going to do this, so let's oh. let's kind of look back and recap <clears throat> Death Wish a little bit. Let's, let's just, let's finally be done with it. I, uh, I, I, I told everyone yeah. that I would go back after some time. Right. And rewatch the original Death Wish. Yes. And I did that this morning. I got up, I got around, I, I, I looked at the social medias, and then I was like, you know what? I said I would, and I will. And I put Death Wish on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I watched it. Yeah. And I didn't change my opinion at all. It's not a good movie. Really? It had so much potential, but it doesn't follow through. It has a bad director. It has a bad lead. <laughs> did and you? it just, no, it's not did good. Did you hate it more so the second time around? Um, a little bit, yes. A little bit, no, because I kind of stopped paying attention to it halfway through because it it's not good. Well, see, then then that doesn't count because you didn't. I was give it. I was kind of thinking maybe if I wasn't fully paying attention, all the plot holes and issues <laughs> with it wouldn't stand out so much. Yeah, maybe I'd enjoy the overall experience a little bit more. Right. I, no, it's it's not good. I, I think a lot of people just have a lot of nostalgia for it, and it's Bronson, bitch. I don't care. It's not good, bitch. It's good Bronson, bitch. I've got a lot of feedback on this, and and my issue is with it is there's so much they could have done with this and commentary and whatnot, but really it leaves it up to you Mm -hmm. to kind of inject yourself into it and and make a lot of presumptions on the film instead of it actually saying this is what's going on. Because with what we're left with, Bruce or Bruce Willis, I'm sorry, Charles Bronson is, is essentially a psychopath, aimlessly killing people. He is because, not a psychopath. He is a vigilante. Okay, Difference. a vigilante that's randomly killing people. Yeah, now, but he's saving with, the city. He saved New York. There's no mention of that. Yes, there is. He saved he, New York. See, that, that's what you're projecting onto it. Now, if... They would have had cleaned up the scum. They could have had a, a little thing about how 
he's just sitting there if he could actually emote mm. and being all upset, you know, knowing that he'll never get the people that did it. But if he goes out and keeps getting random ones, yeah. maybe he'll get them. Maybe he'll just stop someone else from getting hurt. Something like that. Anything like that. But they didn't do it. I, I bet that was originally in the script, but, you know, Michael Winner is a piece of shit director. So it's not good, in my opinion. I will never watch it again. Will you ever watch two, three, four, or five again? Yes. Oh, yeah, three you will. That's right. So let's uh, let's actually get into that. Oh. Um, I want to rank them. Oh, okay. We have, to, we have to rank... Oh my god, this stinks over here. All six Death Wish movies. Okay. And I'll go, I'll go first, Mike, so you, you can actually put yours in order. Okay. Alright. Oh, I farted. <sighs> you son of a bitch. Number one for me is Death Willis. Oh, Christ. It at least told the story competently... Oh, yeah, okay. Um, right. It was well made. Mm-hmm. Had some good action moments. So, I'm the Reaper, bitch. Yeah, not a stellar recommend. I mean, if it would have had a different director, probably been pretty good. But we got Eli Roth. Anyway. So you're saying it was bad? See, yes, you think it's horrible. I love you. I don't think it's horrible. Yes, you do. I, you admitted. No? You freely admitted. That'd be a better film if Eli Roth didn't direct it, direct it. So see, that tells me that you hate Eli Roth as a director, and you're realizing that he just sucks, and that he was a one-hit wonder with Cabin Fever, one and done, bitch. Uh, I like the Hostels. Well, yeah, because you like that torture porn bullshit. So he had three good films. So at least I can give him that. Anyway, um, I don't hate it. Like I said, it's the best Death Wish movie for me. Out of this ranking, it's number one. Yeah. Uh, number two goes to Death Wish 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I just enjoyed that one a little bit more than the original. I thought it was a little bit better told. Uh, and then we go with the original Death Wish as number three. Ooh, wow, okay. Uh, and then the shitstorm starts, and we get uh, number five, which at least I could say was a competent film and had some enjoyable parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then number four was a movie. And then there's number three that I don't understand. And Which you think honestly, is the worst, but you'd probably watch it the most out of all of them. Oh, yes, yes. Like, the only reason I didn't burn the collection yes. is number three. Um, Now, out of these, out of the ones that I will watch again, the only one is Death Wish 3. Because it is completely and utterly incompetent. Mm-hmm. And an utter piece of shit of a film that is hysterical because it is so incompetent. I see. Yeah, but ranking them, you know, just out of how they were as a film, Mm -hmm. it it is, of course, the worst. It's number six. Fuck it. It is a horrible film, but it's also so horrible that it's funny. Yes. Um, Now, see, I hated having to rank these because it's just so tough for me to do so. So let me guess, it is 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and then Death Willis. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) But see, if I could have it my way, I would just make 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 all be 1. Yeah, uh, no. Um, 
if I had it my way, Death yeah. Wish wouldn't exist. We'd just wipe the map clean of it. Even the Bruce Willis one? If it... If I have to lose that one good film to get rid of five bad films, yeah. yes. That that equals out in my mind. Okay, see, well, see you're not totally insane. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that one. I might own that one. That's getting um, a 4K release. See, I, I will consider that. I'll, I'll think about it. I might buy that. I would uh, probably buy the 4K. Well, that's because if it's available in 4K, I have to get 4K. I can't well, get the plus it's format. it's Death Wish. You have to collect them all, Mike. Well, yeah, technically I do because I do have to complete the set, even though I don't like it. Right, exactly. Same with Halloween. I have the set, even though Resurrection is an abomination against men. Actually, uh, having gone back, I actually enjoy Resurrection. Yeah, I know you're you're fucking weird. Uh, it's it's not bad, man. It's it's better than h2o that's for sure well yeah i mean but a lot's better than h2o so that's not saying too much it's better than halloween 3 uh, it's definitely better than five mm. yeah but donald five's, donald five's was horrible. in five so see he saved that film no no he didn't he because did, there is a crazy frenchman directing that and wow that's a bad fucking film Donald Donald didn't even care. He was drunk on set. Daniel Harris has flat out said mm-hmm. he was drunk on set. That's how much he gave a fuck about that film. Well, I mean, you know, he is a prestigious uh, actor, so. Yeah, he was real professional there. Very brilliant. <laughs> Love him immensely. All right, um... Mike, did you happen to watch Death Sentence? I was going to watch it. But of course I had you did. I had the disc in the player. And I was going to watch it right before we recorded. But um, circumstances did not allow that to happen. Uh, see, now I'm stuck in the spot because... Well, I saw like the first 20 minutes of it. Do I break it down and get into it? I mean, you know, I do want to watch it, though, because the 20 minutes that I saw was very intriguing, and I will say that Kevin Bacon did a much better job than Shit Willis. Okay, well, you bring it up. Um, The whole point was this was actually supposed to be the seventh day of our Death Wish week. I just couldn't take any more. What was going to be Death Sentence. Uh, The whole reason is it's actually loosely based off from the sequel novel to death wish um and it just fits in with it so well that to me it should be part of it and that's why we're discussing it right here so you know what fuck it it's death sentence time bitches buckle up death sentence bitch (laughs) (laughs) all right so see now i don't have to go back and slow it down because i slowed it down in my own speech yeah good job Great, great effects. All right, so with every single one of these, I talked about production. So guess what? I'm going to try and talk about production here. Oh, my God. Um, Ke- I got it. I got it. I got it. Kevin Bacon actually ate bacon on the set during the breakfast scene. Are you connecting Kevin Bacon to bacon? In the, yeah, in the beginning of six the Six degrees of bacon? Yeah, six degrees of bacon. <laughs> 
All right, so Kevin uh, Bacon the... ate bacon in the breakfast scene of Death Sentence, and his name is Bacon, so he wins. Right. Anyway, uh, the script for this was actually originally written by uh, Brian Garfield, who is the author of Death Wish and Death Sentence, the mm-hmm. two novels. Yeah. Uh, it was then rewritten by Ian something or other, the guy that wrote The Grey. Uh, um, I don't know. Right. He wrote this in The Grey. So um, both good films, by the way. But uh, yeah, that's 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 about it. And then they signed James Wan to come on as director, and he changed the location from Boston to Columbia, South Carolina, and that's that's really all I got for production. There's there's not a lot. Right. It's not like all the other Death Wishes where there's a shit ton of turmoil and this person hated that person. And I got I got nothing. It was written and then rewritten. So yeah, sorry that that's it. But you know what? It is. It is. It follows in the tradition of other Death Wish films, in the fact that the script was changed. <laughs> well, that happens with almost every single movie ever. Yeah, but it's unique with the Death Wish films as well. <laughs> All right, whatever. So, with this one, we're introduced to the family, and we actually get to understand who they are, their their roles, and you know, it's a really great setup to the family. Uh, I think they do an excellent job. You kind of understand their personalities a little bit and really just get to see that they're a loving family and I'm so glad you're taking the time to text right now you oh asshole. no no I wasn't that that's a um mm-hmm. that's a notification oh eBay okay good job wow yeah glad you got that blu-ray yes exactly see? all right so Nick takes his son to a hockey game and they get targeted by a gang and his son is murdered <laughs> Dude, that was something. When he goes into the fucking convenience store and the kids on the ground is... Throat slit and yeah. And he could barely talk. He's like... Yeah, yeah. I'm like, And then, on top of that, Mike, we get to see the family at the hospital, just like in Death Wish, except here, they emote. Bronze emotes... And the son-in-law emotes, too. Sweating does not count as emoting. Yes, it does. And then we get the funeral scene, but but it just doesn't cut there to, you know, Bronson being Bronson. We get to see the family suffering. We really get to see the impact of this loss and how it affects the entire family. It makes it real. It makes it personal. And you feel it, man. You feel their loss. Oh, yeah. You definitely feel that loss. Right. And then, you know, because Nick saw the one who killed his son, he did see this gangbanger. Yeah. He tries to go about it the right way. He goes to the police, and then we get to see him meeting with uh, a police officer and probably the, I, I don't know, a lawyer. Right. And they're talking about uh, a plea bargain where they're going to get the kid locked up for three to five years. Mm-hmm. So we really get to see here that the justice system is fucked. And um, if you think this is Hollywood bullshit or something like that, uh, I'm glad that you haven't really had any run-ins with the justice system. Um, But I can speak from experience. The justice system is fucked. This is 100% accurate. Mm -hmm. And it's 
sad. It is so fucking sad to see this because I've been in that situation. I've been sitting across the table being told, well, we can go for this plea bargain, but if you really want to push it, we can go, but there's no guarantee, and most likely he's going to walk, and it's just like, I want to punch you in the fucking face now, but I bet you won't take a fucking plea bargain deal. No. <sighs> Sorry, I'm getting angry just thinking about it. It's very good, though. Embrace anyway, your anger, bitch. It, it, it really shows how fucked it all is. And then Nick decides to let the little piece of shit go, follows him, mm-hmm. and then, you know, he, he doesn't just put his hands to his face. <laughs> this is his confliction. No, he, he actually sits there. He's thinking. He doesn't know. He goes home, and he gets a weapon, but he goes back, mm-hmm. and he watches, and he, he goes up, and you can tell, even even as the kid confronts him, he's not ready to kill him. Mm-hmm. They fight, and he accidentally kills him. It's an accident. So he, I don't he think got he ever the, intends. But to. once he got the taste for blood, there was no going back. Wrong. That that's absolutely not right. So some hooker, bartender, whatever sees Nick there. And snitches him off to the gang. Yeah, I'm going to ruin it for you, Mike, because, you know, sorry. Mm-hmm. Snitches him off to the gang, mm-hmm. so they go after Nick. And we have an incredible chase scene. And honestly, if you haven't seen this movie, mm-hmm. this right here is why to watch it. This chase scene is fucking phenomenal. It goes from one skyscraper across city block after city block after city block, and then up a parking garage. And it great, great chase scene. Ends with a stunt that he'll later recreate when he makes Fast and the Furious Part 78 or whatever piece of shit one they're on now. Well, seven. They'll be on nine. Well, fuck that franchise, man. <laughs> Honestly, I liked it when it was about street racing, but then suddenly they became James Bond and rules of reality completely stopped applying. Like, even movie logic was still kind of there in the first ones, but then they were like, movie logic? <laughs> fuck that bitch I'm gonna jump this car from skyscraper to skyscraper and then jump out into a tank mm-hmm. that's in a helicopter and that I don't I don't know it's fucking retarded anyway past that which good on James for getting a big movie but man it, this is so much better mm-hmm. anyway so the, the incredible chase uh, he, he ends up killing another one by just trying to get away and the police actually start to put this shit together because, hey, guess what? This isn't made by an asshole frat boy that's drunk off his ass or whatever <laughs> that think fart jokes and getting high is still cool at 40. I'm sorry, Eli Roth. Grow the fuck up. And we're not in this territory where, here come the cops. They can't figure shit out. No, they're actually competent. They're starting to figure shit out. I love it. My God, who would have thought that you could actually make a movie and take it seriously throughout and that actually pay off? What the fuck? That's a foreign concept, isn't it? uh, From coming from Death Wish, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But during the chase, Nick drops his briefcase and the gang decides to return it to him and let him know that him and the rest of his family Mm -hmm. now have a death sentence ah hence the title of the film 
Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. I think it just sounded cool. You yeah, know, I when they're sitting right. in the bar getting high on their meth and whatever the fuck this random white people gang with a couple Hispanics in it and one black guy, because that's totally believable. Right. You know, wh- whatever they do while they're not smoking meth, it's, it probably sounded clever to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? When I'm going to call this guy and tell him I'm going to fucking kill him and his whole family, I'm going to say, you got a death sentence now. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. That is pretty that's awesome. That's the best. Yeah, see, you would actually think that's fucking clever. I do. But, like a logical fucking person, Nick goes to the police and he's scared shitless. But he won't confess. So, the cops leave one car out at a, as a courtesy, and the gang shows up and kills everyone. You know, except Nick. And his son. So, they really just kill the cops and his wife. Ah, oh, I see. And now his son's in a coma, like, you know, death wish, but, you know without getting his asshole spray-painted. So he didn't, um, you know... No, they didn't tag his asshole. Oh, that's he wasn't forced to give Jeff uh, Goldblum a blowjob. Yeah, but I was looking forward to that seconds. so much. Oh. Sorry to break your heart, man. Because, you know, you would have asked if he would have used the condom and protection and such. Oh, that's a legitimate question with this day and age. And with how much meth it looked like these people were doing, and those dirty uh, Jersey Shore tattoos that they had, eh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some Hep C going on there. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Ah. Anyway, Nick comes to in the hospital, finds out his son's there, finds out the cops are not too happy with him, and like any logical person, he says, fuck all that shit escapes, gets some money, gets some guns, mm. and goes for revenge. Ah, revenge. And then, there's some really fucking great shootouts in action. Holy shit. I'm Shoot not gonna spoil it. Action. Hmm. But in the end, Nick's son wakes up while Nick dies on the couch. What? Watching, oh, oh. Wait, yep, the son, wait, the son that's dead no, wakes no. up? The son that's in a coma. Oh. Yeah. And but Nick is dead. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my takeaway. So does he? Is he like? Is it like a really like dramatic like death where he's like? Bah, 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 no, people don't really die like that. And here, here's the takeaway from this one. He. Here's something that should really speak volumes for this. Brian Garfield, mm-hmm. the author of everything that this is based off, including the our entire Death Wish week, who never liked a single Death Wish movie and oh, has he never did? No, not any of them. And I bet you're like, Thank you, Mr. Garfield. You yeah, he, have he's some actually brains. Yeah, he actually spoke out against them. He didn't like any of them. Wow. But I actually have some quotes from him on this one. Mm-hmm. Here, here, here's a direct quote from him. Well, I could have done with a little less blood and thunder. I think it's a stunningly good movie. He goes on to say, I think that except for its ludicrous violence towards the end, mm-hmm. the death sentence movie does depict the character's decline and the stupidity of revengeful vigilantism. Right. Adding that as a story, it made the point 
I wanted it to make. So he's fucking endorsing the shit out of this. Right. That's something right there. I mean, a guy that, you know, wrote a novel, it was turned into a movie, hated the movie so much he wrote a sequel novel. <laughs> well, maybe was the sequel novel written before the movie was made? No. He hated the movie so much he wrote the death sentence book to really hammer home the point that, you know, being a vigilante is not good because that was his whole point behind the book Death Wish. So was Paul and, and, Kersey in the Death Sentence book? Yes. Really? Is Paul Kersey in the Death Sentence movie? No. See, it kind of it's kind of a shame that they didn't include the character. Nobody cares. It's I, I completely outdated. I think Bronson could have played the character in the He film. was dead already. Well... I think they well, should have gotten the all honesty, Bronson it have affected his acting, even if he was Oh, dead. you're a fucking jerk-off with that one. They could have just Fuck propped this. him up in a fucking corner. Paul? Hello, Paul. Yeah. I'm yeah. silent because, you know, if he's dead, he can't speak. Yeah, yeah. That. I mean, it really would not have affected Charles Bronson's acting in 90% of the Death Wish franchise. You're horrible. Sorry, but it's true. All right. So for my final takeaway on this is that this is a fucking great film. I mean, just wow. Why? Why, dear God, did we have to cover all those others? I mean, seriously, they're, they're not good, any of them, in all they honesty. Are, they are the all scheme. good. They are all good, except for the... No, remake. I mean, if if you have to wide spectrum, the remake Death was Wish atrocious. is bad. The remake was atrocious. No, the remake's the only tolerable one nope. to me. It's an atrocity. Kevin Bacon is fantastic in this. Yes, as and he should be. What I think is really interesting about this one is it tells the story of two families from very different parts of the world mm -hmm. and what happens when they collide. I, I, I mean, this is just so fucking good and is criminally underrated when I, looking at reviews and stuff so many people are saying that Death Wish the original is good wrong and then there are some people saying that this is not good I, it, it hurts my brain when somebody can say something that you have to project on to make fucking sense out of with an actor that barely emotes and a director that doesn't know what the fuck he's doing Man, compared just like to great this. fantasies. He's a fucking hack, man. I don't know how he got such a prestigious no, no, no. Bruce Death Willis Wish, is a hack. Death Wish was way above his skill level. I'm sorry, but that's true. You mean way Michael above Witch. Charles Bronson's skill level? Yes, I agree. You're agreeing that Charles Bronson was out of his depth? No, I'm agreeing that Charles Bronson was too good for Death Wish. Uh, sure, as long as he didn't do it in whatever crazy fantasy world we're talking about. Because even he agreed. He didn't think he deserved the role. He didn't think it was right for him. Dustin Hoffman would have been great for it. Um, uh, Jack Lemmon would have been great for it. No. Charles Bronson is not fucking great for it. Jack Lemmon would not be great for it because he'd be like, where's Walter Matthau? We're going to make the odd couple free. 
I'm sticking by the fact it would have been better than what we got. Nope, not at all. Anyway, um, that sentence is criminally underrated. I said it once, I'm saying it again, because it's, it is so true. Uh, this is by far the best Death Wish movie that there is. Just fucking forget about all the others. Flush them right down the toilet with the rest of the shit. Mm-hmm. Just forget it. Put it out of your mind and go see this. You don't need to see any other Death Wish, Death This, Death That. Mm-hmm. Fuck them all. Fuck them. Fuck them. Death Sentence is where it at. This is a great, great film. Um, now... I rated the highest rating out of all of the Death Wish movies was three and a half for Death Willis. Yes. This is four and a half, almost a five, almost perfect. This this is a half off from being perfect. Hmm. It's how much I fucking like Just this film. Just round it up to the perfect score. Jesus Christ. It's so good. Why aren't people seeing this? Why aren't people talking about this? Why didn't this get a sequel? Why Why is Death Wish a thing? God, it's... Uh, I, but, but upside here, people, we're leaving you on a high note because this is a fucking fantastic movie. And we're finally putting Death Wish behind us. Do you know oh how God. good it was being to take that Blu-ray custom five-disc set that Mike made me and and finally put it in with the rest of the movies to know that I will never pull that out again except to watch watch Death Wish 3. Mm. Like, it's it's gone. I'd never have to think about that piece of shit again. And that feels good. (laughs) Now, Mike, let's let's just talk about this for a second and reel. Put in that situation, what would you do? What situation you mean? The Death Wish situation. Uh, I'd fucking kill whoever was chasing me. So, if it was really Bronson, though, I would take the gun and I would turn it on myself and blow my brains out in front of him. No, I'm, I'm saying that in that situation where your loved ones mm-hmm. were violated and murdered... What would you do? Oh, then I wouldn't wait for the gun. I would I would just go over there and I would fucking grab the fucking idiot's parent and I would have human bowling. And I think that's the typical response. Yeah. And I I myself I, I, I think I, I, I've stated it before on here. Mm-hmm. Um I would kill them. Yeah. I I don't think I would even lose any sleep over that. Um I <laughs> I don't really value people a whole lot in general unless I like you and respect you. Right. But in the grand scheme of things, I really don't care. Um, at work, we've had a conversation before about what we do if somebody broke into our house. And the general consensus is mm. that they would hold them at gunpoint and call the police. I was a sole person that said I would shoot them <laughs> without saying a single fucking word Mm -hmm. and then call the police because God bless America, I live in Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. and this is a stand your ground state, which means I don't have to back down I meet force with force without having to move 
So somebody breaking into my house, I'm fearful for my life. So for any of you out there that consider breaking into my house, my cabin in the woods, oh. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now it's a real bad idea what because I have I made up I tried to mind. do it. Uh, well, you'd not be very successful with your canes. Well, you're not very successful at anything in life, so. Well, do you think that, 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 do you think that, like, I could, like, go in and break through your force field? Uh, uh, I don't have a force field. I have guns. (laughs) Uh, well, I'll break through your line of defense, your guns. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I, I really will shoot you. (sighs) It might make me a horrible person, and I accept that. Well, I'm willing just wound to wound me. You won't kill me, right? No, center mass, right dead in the chest. Forty-four <laughs> magnum hollow point. I'm gonna put a hole the size of my fist coming out your back, Mike. Is it really? Yeah, well, I'm. I'm gonna fucking kill whoever. Just do it me is. a favor and shoot me in the back, because then when it bounces through to the front, it'll rip my chest open. Oh, I'm not turning lights on. And then I'll get to see if my heart... Whoever it is that breaks into my house, I'm just shooting you in the center mass, then turning lights on and calling the cops. <laughs> I'm going to inform them there was a break-in, there's been a murder, yeah. um, they don't need to rush, and uh, a corner would be appreciated. Because I know myself, if I say something, there might be a back and forth, I'm going to hesitate. But if I just see them, aim center mass and pull the trigger, I'm okay with that. And I know our justice system, it's fucked. Right. I might get parole, mm-hmm. but, eh, whatever. I bet no one else will break into my fucking house. No, probably not. Yeah, you, you know, people might have a problem with that. But here, here's my thing. I love isolationism. I, I don't like people fucking with me, my world, and all that. And if you're going to try and violate mm, my sanctity... Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you. I don't care for human life a whole lot. That might make me a horrible person. I don't know. Um, I can't say I really care. Uh, But here's the thing. Ah, There's really nothing to back that up. I'm just going to, I'm going to fucking shoot you. Um, It might be my AR-15. It might be my 44 mag. It might be my assault or, I'm sorry, it's not an assault weapon. I, it might be my tactical shotgun that has... That, never mind. We're not getting into the details. But when we're talking guns, too, it also brings up the subject uh, there's a lot of talk around guns now and gun control and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just coming off like a gun nut right there and saying that I will shoot an intruder, which mm-hmm. I, I will. Yeah. I, I won't even feel bad about that. I might feel a little bit bad. <laughs> Especially if the bullet goes through and hits my TV. <laughs> then I'm going to feel real bad. Well, so you need to get... Um, I might shoot him again then. Well, you might me, and then you'll probably put another bullet in the TV. You need to get... Uh... No, they'd be on the floor at that point. Oh. Anyway. Um, when it comes down to that, and having sounded like a complete and utter gun nut, let me say, I'm actually in favor of some gun control. Because not everyone should have a gun. Because... Yeah, I'm fine with checks. I'm fine with background checks. I'm fine with all that because, you know what, I'm I'm a good person. I'm a good law-abiding citizen, and I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. Uh, the, the, where I start to have issues is telling me that I can't have a 30-round magazine because 
what happens if somebody breaks into my house and tries to get away? My my whole instinct is is that fuck you, fuck the car you're in, and fuck everyone around you because I'm gonna kill you. I live in the middle of nowhere, so I don't have to worry about like hitting someone else. But I will gladly put thirty rounds in you and your vehicle as you're trying to get away. Uh, all joking aside, um, I don't think limiting us like that is a solution bump stocks who gives a shit i mean that's like spinner rims on a car Ooh. um but when we're talking shit like that here's here's the whole point behind it and not joking anymore i know i've said fuck you in the car and blah blah but in all reality the whole point of the second amendment oh god we're getting real serious here it's fucking weird i, I don't know Ugh. Anyway, the whole point is that we can revolt. So to limit our availability to weapons is directly violating not just that constitutional right, but the thought behind it. Because we as a country had to fight for our freedom. Freedom wasn't given to us. We had to fight for it. So our forefathers didn't ever want us to be put in that situation again where we wouldn't have freedom they gave us a second amendment not thinking of well we're gonna have muskets 250 some odd whatever years from now and that's all we're gonna have no they're not fucking stupid the whole point was that we could be well armed that if we ever needed to fight for our freedom again whether it's a red dawn scenario or whether it's a you know second civil war scenario or whatever it might be fucking terminator you know skynet scenario we're armed enough that we can fight and that's what they wanted they wanted us to have that availability of fighting for our freedom if we needed to it's not about hunting it's not about you know the weapons that they had at the time and they were ignorant no it's not about that it is about that if our country needs to fight for freedom it can yeah, there's a lot of shit that's happening that's a tragedy, but I'm sorry, it, a gun is a tool. And you might think I'm a tool for saying that, but that's all it is. You, you take that away, I can still kill you with a fucking machete. Trust me, it's a hell of a tool. Mm-hmm. I've used it on trees. It works real fucking good. Jason wasn't fucking around when he picked up a machete. I, it's... it's it's fucking deadly as shit and quiet. A lot quieter than a gun, trust me. Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and trust me, Mike has two canes and he will fuck you up with them. Mm-hmm. He will oh, put yeah. one up your ass mm-hmm. and move you like a fucking puppet and then shove one in your mouth and make it go up and down so he can talk for you too. Yeah, and also be like... <laughs> No, he'll do that when he realizes he can't really defend himself with two canes. And Jeff Goldblum puts his penis in his mouth. Ah, oh, yes. Tag my except throat. You, he can tag my throat. Yeah, except you uh, you won't really fight against that a whole lot, will you there, Mikey? No, I'll enjoy it. I'll just remind you of your uncle, won't it? Sweet, sweet nectar. <laughs> uncle Bob. Oh, God. I told I told him in all confidence I didn't know what was going on in the air, Uncle Bob. Don't get mad. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, okay. Well, before we wrap up here, and uh, let's face facts, 
Mike doesn't have anything intelligent to say because he's a worthless piece of shit that brings down every single show that he's on. Basically, I already brought down this one probably like three times already, at least. Right. So, we have an interview coming up with Jeff Meyer from Salt City Horror Fest. Yes. And I want to address it right now. We had a little bit of issues uh, during this where uh, we were losing contact with him. And he's a busy man. Uh, We're a busy man. Man. I guess I should say men. Technically, you're a man, I guess, Mike. I mean... Uh, A lowly one, but a man nonetheless. Yes. So... Uh, we did what we could with it. Um, I hope you guys do enjoy it, but be warned, there there was some technical issues with it. However, I, I want to put out here that uh, Salt City Horror Fest is a fantastic festival. I will be attending it, so you might have the chance of actually meeting me if you go there. Um, I, I love it. I've attended uh, quite a few times. Um, I want to say this is going to be my fifth year. And uh, it's always 35 millimeter. And if you're in the area and at all interested, I highly suggest you go. Uh, it's going to be April 28th. I believe that's a Saturday. Yes. And this is in Syracuse, New York at the uh, Palace Theater. So, guys, make sure you check this out. Um, it's on Facebook. It's it's everywhere. Check it out, man. It, it is awesome by all means. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for the interview. And uh, we'll talk at you later. Well, stay tuned for the interview after Rabbit and Red Rewind, which starts now. What are we rewinding? Re- what? Oh, the legacy thing. Yes, right. exactly. Right. See, there you uh, go. You get it. Oh. Uh, is this one about me? Uh, No. Because you're not part of the legacy, so. I've been a host as long as you have. Yeah, but your clips don't matter. You fucker.
Isn't it true you like to bake a cake? Uh, the late, great Donald Pleasant. Sometimes I have been known to either, well, not really bake because I can't really bake. I'd probably burn the house down if I did that. But sometimes I do get a cake and I do sing to him. You know, I forget who said it, but somebody once said, who does that? Who has time? I have all the time in the world for Donald Pleasant's money. Oh, my God. That's... And that's ridiculous. And, and now, as I was giving the example of that, Rob G, when you become a super fan, you become knowledgeable of something. Right. And he goes out and, and puts together a great documentary for the Psycho series because mm-hmm. nobody else did it, and he loved it. And that's how he drove his passion, his ambition to it. Mike, on the other hand, uh, buys a cake, put a couple candles on it, cries, and then proceeds to eat the whole thing and gets fatter. <laughs> Mike, this cake probably has over 2,500 calories. Right. Well, if that's all you eat... God damn you. <laughs> if that's all you eat for the day, you know, then, then you're good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think you're good. I will take that sentence right out of it. Well, you know, it's just, it's, it's a sad day for me. Really, it just, it is. I usually, I, uh, you know, I'll 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 sing and then I'll I'll watch. Oh, I usually watch usually Halloween six, but no, sometimes I save Halloween six for the death day. Mike, or can you give us a rendition? Birthday. What's that, sir? Can you give us a rendition of um, your happy birthday, friend? What? Just happy, happy birthday? Yeah, just go ahead and sing happy birthday. Oh, boy. Um, really putting me on the spot here. Okay, sir. No, we're not. Okay. Well, it's, 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 um, it's three days late, but okay. Here it goes. Donald, this is for you from your number one fan. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Fucking thing sucks! Donald, happy birthday to you. Oh, boy. We got a problem here, man. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think that... Were you on American Idol, Mike? No. Really? That's just what I do. Wow. And that's what we have to deal with. That is what we have to deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> well, it's not my fault that you guys can't see how great Donald is. You know, Vince, I was wondering. You know, Mike has me, like, as I'm at work sometimes, I'm actually walking around pondering him. And I just, I don't, I don't know what it is about Halloween 6 or Donald Pleasant. Like, why why did you grab onto him so much out of, like, it's just such a weird thing. Like, I was watching Halloween 2, and I couldn't imagine, like, caring about him that much. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I'm sure it's between him or Leo Rossi from Halloween 2. Uh, well, hold on, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a second, though. But that that's just, that's... 
That's crazy. I mean, how can you watch a Halloween movie and not care about Loomis? I mean, look at all that the character has been through, and even Donald himself and preparing himself to be in these movies. He just... It, it, it's got to be, like, just such such an experience. And, I mean, it really, like, draws you in to the zone. Like, you're in the zone. Like, every time I watch a Halloween movie, I am completely invested. Okay, you're right. In Donald. I'm sorry. I didn't mean what... You're not Loomis. I don't know why you're invested in Donald Pleasant. Because he's such a great actor. I mean, if you look at, like, the roles that he's done, like, um... Escape from New York, or um, even the Beachcomber from 1954 or 55, one, I forget the exact year. I mean, he just injects so much of himself into those roles. Whether he's in it for one scene or whether he stars in the entire film. It's just, that's kind of that's gay, but... Hey. It's, it's just, he's, you know... He's just amazing. I mean, he's 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 such a presence on the screen. It's just I I'm, right. I'm mesmerized every time I watch him. Right. Okay. You know? What? Yeah, I I try to, to to comprehend that too. Even though you put it very beautifully, and uh, I think we're all a lot of happier for that and we have a better understanding for what you do. Actually, what do you do? What do you mean, what do I do? Alice, what does he do here on the show? Do we even need him? (laughs) Technically, um, I I don't know. Well, I think he talks about Donald Pleasant and um, he hypes everything to mention. Other than that, that's it. Yeah, I think that's about it. That's all you do. I guess for now you've got the last command. I'm sorry if I seem uninterested. No, I'm not listening. No, I'm indifferent. Truly, I ain't got no business here. But since my friends are here, I just came to kick it. But really, I would rather be. Get 
All right, everybody, we are back, and joining us is the one and only Jeff Meyer from Salt City Horror Fest. Now, this is a, a special kind of little horror fest that you may not be aware of because instead of your average one, this one is strictly 35 millimeters and is shown in a, a classic theater in Syracuse, New York. And if you guys have not attended, you need to get off your lazy asses and actually make your way out there. Um, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Yeah, and the Horror Fest is pretty unique. I mean, for upstate New York, they have something cool like that. And they bring in people from the films, too. Uh, you know, there are other film fests that bring in guests. But uh, we try to bring in as many as we can tack in there without doing like a 20-hour festival but you know it, it's cool i like it it's a it's a good time doing it yeah and your festival uh the i shouldn't just say yours but the salt city horror fest is actually an all-day event correct yeah correct starts the doors open around 10 o'clock uh king kong kicks off the show and uh then we that's i'm in the correct aspect ratio and then we'll Probably end the uh, program with uh, Terror Vision as the last movie, and that should end around two thirty in the morning, hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, you know, you one price gets in. You know, thirty five dollars in advance. Now you get the ticket. SaltCityHorrorFest dot com. Bucks at the door. You can come and go. There'll be a food truck there serving Mediterranean food falafels and all sorts of good stuff and then there's a lot, a lot of good restaurants there's a Philly cheesesteak place down the street, a couple bars but we serve up at the Palace Theater too so we regular snacks, there's a cafe open so you can drink a lot of coffee and stay awake and I think we're going to try to get Monster Energy Drink to do something too to bring some cans out uh, or, uh, yeah, cans or something uh, that will actually be quite useful because, uh, I, as I, I spoke to you off air, I've actually attended this. Uh, I think this will be my fourth time. And, um, yeah, I usually end up tapping out around two in the morning just because I have to drive back to the hotel and, and want to be conscious for that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, the people will walk out of the theater that late at night are like zombies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was just. But hey, you know, it's uh, that's what that's what it's supposed to be. You know, all day, all night house. Uh, there's one, you know, there's a festival, it's a 24 hour fest down there in Philadelphia, and and that's just crazy. I actually did a couple 24 hour festivals, and you know, I actually stayed awake for the whole thing, and I might have dozed off for maybe 20 minutes, but 
they're 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 tough those twenty four hour ones. So the best is like fifteen hours. So very doable for everybody to uh, to uh, at least try to attempt it if you haven't done it before. Oh, absolutely! And this is the actual thirteenth year for this, correct? Yeah, it started off with the, the Shaw Lu Horror Fest, which was a uh, a friend of mine uh, that I used to know a long time ago in the 2000s. It was not really that long ago, but uh, he he passed away of uh, brain cancer, and so we did a a fest in his name called the Shaw Lu Horror Fest. It was a fundraiser for the uh, children's uh, hospital that he sought treatment at and we raised money for them we raised money for the American Cancer Society did that for about five years and we raised 30,000 plus for different causes related to cancer research and children and hospitals and so the family decided you know I, I think uh, we we did his name justice we did good by doing what we could do for you know, the kids and cancer research. And then we changed the name to the Saw City Horror Fest. And it was now not a fundraiser. It was just like a regular, you know, festival. Not like a charitable thing. So we wanted to get away from the charity thing because his parents were like, you know, you guys did good. You know, it's time for you guys to concentrate and actually make money for yourselves or at least try to, you know, right. literally... You know, we don't make money at the fest. I mean, they're 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 expensive, and I think last year I made twenty bucks. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> After all said and done, but it's not about making money. It's just about doing something cool for the the fans, for the area and the community. You know, I, I like to try to get stuff that people would travel in to see, and it helps like the local community for you know hotels and local restaurants and there's a really kick-ass record store down the street from the theater and a couple bookstores that I highly recommend people in the books you can find some really good gems in there I've actually um, I've actually been in that bookstore <laughs> yeah the book's in yeah it's killer and uh there's what books and melodies which is down the street they sell vinyl VHS tapes these uh, I've seen some vintage movie posters in there before and just a ton of books and magazines. I don't know what you can find in there, but that's a really awesome place. That's like a couple blocks down the street. Um, well, but yeah, so it's it's cool. 13 years. So after the Shanghai Horror Fest, we changed the name to the Salt City Horror Fest, and we've been uh, doing it as the Salt City Horror Fest since then. And we did it a couple times. We dabbled with uh, bands. Like the Shanghai Horror Fest was mostly like a, a music fest with the movies. So it was like one day of for half a day of uh, bands, like we we brought bands like uh, Ringworm, the Red Chord, uh, you know, a bunch of different car- kinds of hardcore bands that Sean Lu was into, and they would like play, like one, you know, like the last one we did was like a three day event. We had a show on a Friday night, and then we had all day, all night movies on Saturday, and then we had like eight at this one venue on Sunday, and it was pretty cool. Um, but then we just started just doing strictly movies. And then recently, probably the last few years, maybe last three years, we started bringing in guests. I realized, you know what? I've been working security at different conventions and, like, building up a database of, like, guests and agents to work with. I'm like, 
Why don't I start bringing people to these that are affiliated with the movies in Syracuse? Not that hard. Uh, start bringing guests in, which is pretty fun. You know. Yeah, and you've actually David brought Nong. in some. Uh, you've you've actually managed to bring in some some big names too. Yeah, we had Coaches one year. We had John Amplis when we uh, played uh, that we did Midnight, which is John Russo's movie. He came out. Then we had like David Naughton last year for We're Up in London. Uh, Brian Yuza, Richard Band, um, John Dugan. Oh, we had um, for Robbins. Poltergeist. And uh, yeah, so as coming out, uh, we know her from the leader of Terminus and Walking Dead. She was the lead actress in Pet Cemetery. Cemetery. Who was this truck check from, uh, was it uh, Commander Yar? Or, anyways, you know what I'm talking about, right? Right. Yeah. And Garrett Graham from. Uh, Garrett Graham, um, Fan of Paradise, Terror Vision, he's coming out. And then we also have David Irving, directed Chug Part 2. Carrie Idell, who was in the movie Chud. And he was like uh, the Chud in the diner scene with John Goodman. Remember that part? When the oh, of course. Chud yeah. the, that was pretty cool. And uh, who else do we have coming out? Oh, uh, Rick Ketazone, he's the, the animation designer, director for Creep Show Part 2. So it's kind of cool to have him come out because he, he worked on a lot of movies with uh, a few movies with um, George Romero. So he can have, you know, talk about, share some George Romero stories and uh, his, you know, experience working with Stephen King on uh, Creep Show 2. So that'd be nice to, you know, pick his brain about working with those you know, awesome, amazing, you know, horror uh, powerhouses. And I think, I think that's why I, well, we're working on Mary Lambert, who directed uh, Pet Terry. She's um, finalized her schedule, and I hope that she comes out. That would be awesome. That would be Never. awesome. Yeah, we'll probably show some music videos that she did. I wanted to play uh, one of her Go Go's videos from like. Old Madonna that she directed. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Play that on the screen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and it's just a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot of work, dude. I mean, just promoting it and going around putting posters and flyers out and uh, the, the like of sleep leading up to the fest. But it, the payoff is there, man. You you, you get to, you know, that's it's really hard for me to like actually talk to people during the festival. It's so busy, but when I do, it's nice to hear them be like, yeah, this is great. You know, thank you. And it's, it's really cool to hear that other uh, people are, you know, the receptive and the positive energy that comes out of the festival, which is, you know, another reason why I do it. It's, it's for you guys. It's for the fans, you know, do something cool for everybody and not cost an arm and a leg to do it. Right. Ticket. Right. And like I, I told you before, this will be my fifth year coming out, and I end up and drive um, a little over five hours to get there. And uh, I, I have actually met you there, and we've spoken person. And I, I, uh, 
I believe um, we actually ended up speaking about uh, the quality of the 35 millimeters. And uh, just on that subject, I'm a little curious. What what made you decide to strictly make it a 35 millimeter festival? Well, one, uh, the Palace Theater is one of the only theaters in uh, upstate New York with a 35 millimeter projection. And there's not a lot of theaters that stick around you know, with that. So I just networked with uh, all the major studios and figured uh, keep it old school. Because you can, you know, see a movie on DVD or, you know, digitally, you know, pretty much anywhere, and, you know, in your house and whatever. But it's not like everyone has like, a 35 millimeter projector. They can just, like, pull out and throw on a reel or two, two and watch. And it's nostalgic because there's a history behind uh, each millimeter print has history it's been to exit on the theaters through its lifespan so you don't know who's touched it or who's seen it or what city so there's an actual tangible historic value to 35 millimeter film prints and um, I think it's kind of neat because you know you're actually watching a film print and there's such as like Brian Yuzo from last year with Leanne Mir from Beyond when we played him. He's just, you know, in the theater. That's a movie that he owned. That reanimator print, that reanimator print came from him, his studio, like the actual print. Like, I'm going to send you my reanimator print. I'm like, <laughs> cool. You know, so that right there, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to send you my Blu-ray copy of reanimator oh, what, how special is that? There's millions or thousands of Blu-ray copies, but to get an actual 35-millimeter print from him, and he's like, okay, oh, by the way, you can just keep this. <laughs> like, thanks, man. So he <laughs> gave me his reader print, you know? So, it's, I, that's, it, that in itself is like what makes 35 unique. And it's, grainy sometimes you know you get like a a rough movie a little bit and add something different to the atmosphere you give it a little grindhousey feel like uh texas chainsaw massacre had that you know little crunchiness to it and little pops in the like over modulation of the screens and it's more of a unsettling feeling to it than just watching a really crispy digital you know, you actually get more involved with a film print. It's just kind of like grabs you and brings you closer into the film and gets you more involved with the experience. Oh, I, I completely know. agree. A hundred percent because, uh, I've, I've seen Pumpkinhead. I couldn't tell you how many times, but when I watched it at the salt city horror fest, it was like seeing it for the first time for me. And, uh, it made me appreciate that film on a completely different level. Yeah, and it's like really dark. You watch it on video. Sometimes it's like, you know, yeah, you could see it and stuff, but to see it, it's a, it's a different contrast with like the darks and the the lights and stuff like that. On third time, it it just looks better. It looks more natural. So you know, compared to like watching Pumpkinhead off of uh, my DVD copy, it's like 
dangerous. The film looks so much more real and it's just more, I don't know, clear to me. Oh, and, and that's pretty much the conversation we had at the, the festival. And, you know, being able to compare films like that and just watching them on 35mm, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I support 35 100%, and that's all because of you and the Salt City Horror Fest. It's, it's changed the way I view cinema. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um. But uh, not only do you guys really do the, the Salt City Horror Fest there, you, you also put on other little events at the uh, Palace Theater, too, correct? Yeah, like every fall uh, for the past four years, I think, we would do, like, uh, we'll take a series and we'll do, like, a, an event out of it. Like, the first one that I dabbled in was, hey, movie, like, do all four Evil Dead movies including the new one on film. And we did that. That was really cool. Just that was amazing. By the way. The, yeah. And then after that was like, let's do a, some Friday 13th movies. So we did like Friday 13th, uh, four five and six, which is the uh, Tommy Jarvis series. And then we played, uh, it was the, uh, how old was was like a new movie that video kind of <clears throat> and uh it was like hatchet something but not like the M green movie right right and then we then on 35 and we had a couple people from part three come out and the nightmare nightmare on street movies all in 35 and we had uh, Jack Shoulder from Part Two directed that. He came out, and then Part Two. That was kind of cool. Guys hang out and you know talk about their film experience and stuff. And uh, this fall, we're doing a bunch of zombie movies, kind of like the the John Russo Dead series. You know, we're gonna do Nightly Dead, Nightly Dead. We're movie Michael Johnson Zombie. Then we're doing Cemetery Man. We're doing Shaun of the Dead, Tombs Dead, and then um, Marcus Hatch. Uh, we are still here in the movie Mohawk. He directed this movie called Bloodshock. So Marcus said he'll come out and we'll play his movie Bloodshock at the end of the night. So Very I nice. think that'd be kind of cool. Show uh, a bunch of zombie movies on thirty-five. I'm really stoked. To watch Tombs of the Blind Dead on 35. Just the atmosphere in that film. It's pretty cool to watch that. In yeah, the absolutely. In Cemetery Man. Shit. <clears throat> I thought that would be a lot harder to get, but I had to go through some, you know, red tape worms and a bunch of paperwork just to <laughs> get the screening rights and a film print of that. But that movie is amazing. Just. You know, Cemetery Man was one of my favorite films when I was, like, growing up uh, in that era. And I got a chance to see that at the theater. So it was just nice to relive. Some... Show of the Dead's always a treat. And, uh, oh, yeah, Lenonia Quigley is going to come out for uh, Return of the Dead. So it would be kind of cool to have her hang out and chat about that with uh, John Russo and stuff. 
Oh, absolutely. And, and the Night of the Dead is that 4K uh, restoration that came out, like the 50-year anniversary of Night of the Dead. Oh, okay. This year. So we're going to do that 4K restoration of uh, Night of the Dead. So three movies on digital, Night of the Dead, 4K, Michael John's Zombie, and then Bloodshock, and all the other ones are going to be 35. Very nice. I, I, I kind of like the mix, but like I said, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, 35, so... Yeah, and the return will be dead one and two, and back to back. I like Tom account Freddie from you know Return will be dead part one and two, and he played Tommy Jarvis in uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Six. And kind of come out. But oh, that'll be cool. I'll work on it. We'll try. Talk, talk to him a couple times on Facebook. So, you know, sway him. Well, you kind of need to get some people from Night Let Me Dead to come out. Maybe I like to get the sheriff. I think he's still around. Yeah, these guys, they're all messed up. Dude, Let Me Dead, the sheriff. Be kind of You're my baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm stoked. Weeks from now, well, actually three weeks from now, will be the, the fest and... It's later on in April, which is probably good. The weather has been really sucky here, you know, unpredictable. So, well, plus the Pal Theater actually double booked a, an event that on the April fourteenth when I wanted it, but they have a pretty big comedian coming in, so I had to move the date, and then that's why I had to do it in April. Usually, it's like right around Record Store Day. Hmm. But the end of the month, that's fine. It'll be warmer, a little bit better for driving. I hope. I hope. <laughs> well, Jeff. So, uh, okay. what was your favorite year? That oh, like four years. Well, favorite movie experience that you outside oh, man. movie Pumpkinhead. Um, uh, I can't remember which year it was. Um, it was the year that you had uh, 13 Ghosts, uh, Ernest Scared Stupid, and the lineup that year was just great. And the fact that you recreated the experience with 13 Ghosts where we had the uh, the visors, and if you were too scared, you could pull them down and you wouldn't see the ghosts. And just that whole experience was uh, was just so nostalgic and so fun. That year was amazing, and uh, I believe that was the same year as Pumpkinhead. So just all around, that that lineup, everything there was just great. Yeah, we did, uh, I think, didn't we do The Invisible Man, too? Yes, yes. Yeah, that was a pretty killer year. Um, Yeah, and um, thank God for my buddy that was running uh, a theater out in New York, Capitol, Jack Deekson, he knew he had a term and he knew how to repeat those replicas of the 13 ghost black. And uh, he made like you know, a couple hundred of them and only cost me like a hundred bucks, which was awesome. I just had to buy the, the materials, but I'm, I'm, if it wasn't for him, it would not have been able to have that experience with those ghost visors, to tell you the truth. <laughs> So I actually, <laughs> I actually still have mine. 
yeah, don't get rid of them, man. They're 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 pretty awesome. Man. <laughs> All right. That was a fun year. That was a fun year. I think um, I don't know. I think my best year was uh, one of our films when we did Street Trash. We had Roy Frumkus out. Oh, okay. Uh, the director, and he did a walk around. He had a wireless mic and he had a wireless, and uh, walked around the whole theater. And Terry, and he would like sit next, like to a group of people, and like, you know, just like talk about the movie a little bit, and you know, ask see if anyone had any questions, and he walked. Street Trash was playing, you know, just doing commentary. Oh, that, that is amazing. It's pretty. Some, and a couple people were like, that's kind of annoying. I never saw the movie, but most of the people were like, oh, that was cool because we, I've seen the movie a hundred times, and that was like a wicked cool experience to have Roy just walk around and do a live commentary uh, over a 35 millimeter print. It was pretty <laughs> neat. That was like well, my favorite year right there, doing that one. Well, for, for one of your special events, I attended the uh, Adam Green uh, Joe Lynch Fest, and um, it was really cool to get to meet both of them, but I, there's a funny story to go with it. Um, <laughs> during the, the, the screenings, uh, Joe's film was Wrong Turn 2, and I'd seen it so many times, and I think it was the last or almost last film, and at that point I had to go to the restroom. So I waited for the initial scare and told my girlfriend I would be right back. And as I get up, I, I hit the alleyway, and I'm walking up, and I just see this one guy sitting in the crowd just glaring at me the entire time I'm walking by. And I'm just walking by thinking, who the hell is this guy? Why is, why is he just glaring at me? And I'm coming back, and I, I'm wondering, you know, is this guy going to – is he still there? Is he still staring at me? And I'm walking by kind of slow looking, and then he – make direct eye contact and it's Joe Lynch it's like oh man I feel like the biggest asshole now walking <laughs> out to go to the restroom 15 minutes into his film <laughs> we played what Frozen um what Wrong Turn 2 some Holston episodes yes and yes, yes. I think that was the same year we had Bobcat there yep and Schumacher, and then we played Falling Down, and uh, that was Willow Creek with Bobcat Goldblatt. Yeah, so that like that whole, I think that was like the same night, or it was like different nights because Friday night we had Bobcat and like Joel, and then, yeah. then that Joel Schumacher. Yeah, yeah it's two separate yeah. nights. Yeah, and then the second night was Adam Green and Joel Lynch. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, one of the one of the years we did that. That was the Syracuse International Film Fest. And uh, I talked them guys into doing a screening, a midnight screening of Bronson and Blue Velvet. Oh, wow. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> on, on Bronson on 35 on this big screen is, like, amazing. Tom Hardy, awesome. But, yeah, we then we had um, Adam Green come out again for the, uh, the, the latest Hatchet movie. Uh, when he was uh, Victor Crawley, that was out on tour. He came out for that, and I'm trying to work on getting Joel Lynch to come out. I want to do like the, this Office Massacre series 
you know, the, um, what is it, the movie uh, Mayhem that Joe Lynch did? Right. I watched that. Maybe the Office Space. Uh, then there's Severance. It was recently out where all the office people are locked in and they end up like trying to kill each other. Oh, it's fun oh. to play all four of those like office movies. Right, right. That would be uh, that'd be very interesting. And uh, awesome to get um, Joe Lynch. He's got ties in Syracuse because he was a he's university. And then he ended up marrying um, one of the girls here. So he comes out here every once in a while uh, to see his uh, in-laws. So give him an opportunity to come out here and see the in-laws. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hey, buddy. Yeah, I just just became a father so long ago, and this would be his first horror fest. We're going to dress in his biker outfit. <laughs> his little biker onesie and his leather. <laughs> he is getting tired. All right, Jeff. Well, I don't want to keep you any longer than that. Um, you just want to plug the, the festival one more time for people, and then I will let you attend to your child. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> the uh, Salt City Horses, April 28th, South Street from Syracuse. You can check out the theater at www.palaceonjames. That's James Street. So it's palaceonjames.com, or you can get tickets for the Horses at saltcityhorrorfest.com. Do uh, like a Google search for the Horrorfest 2018. Lots of different things will pop up for it. Tickets in advance are 35 40 bucks at the door. We're doing a Star Trek event for Just announced that with uh, Denise Crosby and Garrett Graham. So if you're not a horror fan, but if you're into Star Trek, you can just come out for that. Hang up with them guys for an hour. And uh, we'll have trucks. There's comic book guests. It's kind of like the convention atmosphere where, you know, you'll have to get an autograph if you got to pay for it type of thing. But, uh, yeah, so come a couple of weeks. It's going to be awesome. Well, I look forward to it, and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll get to see you there again and we can uh, converse once again. Oh, if you track me down, find me, and I'll either be with the, the kid or run around and pulling hair out of my head. <laughs> All right, Jeff. You have a Get good one. Get on the one. show, man. You too. Thank you. All right, Bye. see you in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. All right, take care. Thank you so Thanks. much. The cult of personality. The cult of personality.
Death, those Death Wish movies. What a blind spot. Oh, I love those. <laughs> Part when Jeff Goldblum's like raping. Fucking uh, cunts. I kill rich cunts. You see Death Wish? <laughs> I 
seen, Jeff Goldblum. I've seen both. I saw the Bruce Willis one. I saw the original. Is the Bruce Willis one good? I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I thought How it was. How could it be good? Look, I said this. <laughs> that was actually the slogan for the oh, movie. It was good. How could it be good? You bad, they remade the Bad News Bears, and Tanner doesn't say Edward. Uh, we yeah. reviewed it. We reviewed the new Death Wish on my podcast, and I and I said this. I stand by. I go. It's one of the most diverse movies I've seen come out of really? Hollywood. Yet everybody's going to shit on it because it has guns in it. And diverse, not meaning the criminals are this color and the good guys are this color. Everybody, the cops, yeah. the good guys, the bad guys. It's it's black, white, Hispanic. Yeah. It is a diverse. It's good actors, movie. shitty actors. They actually, uh, they always did and, that. And, and, but they'll give it no credit for that. Yeah, and just say it actually, has guns in it. In so the original Death Wish. For that anyway. In the original Death Wish, is that well, the gang always had black and white guys. To clarify, yeah, cop cars called the black and white. <laughs> to clarify, in a, in a, it, you know what I mean. When I they're when they're screaming at movies for not being diverse, and then they're going to be selective about I which ones they. The original had a gang that never would have existed. It's like a white guy. Eddie Murphy has a big black guy. guy. Actually, the yeah. original is three yeah, white guys. You're right. Everything, you're, people who even kind of... Yeah, they, it's Jeff Goldblum and two other white guys. example of what you don't do anymore. That's what it is. You know, if I, yeah, yeah. The second one is Lawrence I can't Fishburne. go back and change the busing. Second one. Larry, Larry Fishburne. And then uh, two other black Before guys. Or it was Lawrence. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry Fishburne. The creepiest line in the original Death Wish is when Goldblum gets up after the <laughs> rape. Right, right. And he goes, come on, man. Got business. <laughs> it's so gross. Williams? Uh, <laughs> he says that after the rape. After the rape, he's like telling the other guys, like, hurry up. We got to get out of here. Yeah. He goes, come on, man. Got business. Yeah. Like, what other shit do they have to do today? Like, that wasn't That's enough for right. the day. Yeah, let him pencil. In some uh, another gang rape. I've got to get to my. I've got to get to my job as the CEO of Siva Gaigi. By by the second Death Wish, it it totally becomes Paul Kersey's fault. Yeah. Like he's now <laughs> just putting what's left of his family. What his daughter? That's like saying puts uh, her in danger. Did you ever yeah, see the fourth yeah. one? No. Oh yeah, I'm sure I have. Out of the fourth one is he's dating a very nice woman whose daughter he loves like a daughter, and the daughter gets attacked. And is it a coma? Because, just the first because movie. no, because Maybe it's just. <laughs> No, because by the second movie, his whole family was dead. Yeah, so yeah. They, by the, the second movie. The third about- one, they just killed a guy he, like, kind of knew. <laughs> Seriously, and he's like, oh, I guess I got to murder people. And I'm like, you re- if your friend died, you wouldn't just go out murdering people. Re- <gasps> that was horrible. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 